What's up, Video Landers? I am your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my friend and Ronin, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. That's me. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. Six feet apart. We are critics with attitude, and in many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. <clears throat> but that's not really our style. Uh, so we'll try to keep this, what do you say? Ah, PG-13. Yeah, mild language and just a hint just of a artistic nudity. Just a breath. A scotch. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Pantheon nomination number five, Seven Samurai. Is it Seven Samurai or Seven Samurai? Let's see. Yeah, look, the Seven Samurai. I got the disc right here. I just, I didn't even watch this movie, Mr. Gary. Let's see. No, this is the one where there's seven kids stuck in a library. No, no, no. And then there's a jerk vice principal and the Carl, the maintenance guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Seven Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nominated by Ryan Smith. Ryan! Guest voter, our own Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. Yeah. Once again, that's me. Gary McFall will be our guest voter. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Mr. Mac, what is Pantheon? Pantheon is the hall of the... Best movies ever. Those that you just have to watch. The top shelf. Top shelf. Yeah. The best of the best. The special shelf. Special of movies. Sh- of movies. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know what? These are the ones that like they hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing. Which I actually consider a category all by itself. It helps explain yeah, yeah. so many of the kind of odd movies X that make factor. it in. The X Factor. And the ones that don't. Right? And the ones that <clears throat> don't. Yeah, and if it's of a particular type, yeah. that it is the best of its genre. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a teenage space adventure... Rom-com. Rom-com, it's the best, it's the best teenage one. space yeah. adventure yeah, rom-com. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's do a quick rundown of what we've looked at so far. This is our fifth Pantheon uh, this year, even Wait, though it's taken four freaking ever. It's June. Yeah. We normally would have had eight. We're, we're almost done by now. Nine? Yeah. Almost done with the season. Yeah. Ron, what's the deal? I don't know. There was somebody got sick somewhere. I don't know what it was. Uh, I think it was like a virus or something. Huh. Anywho. You'd think we could have done these remotely. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> All right, so uh, so what do we have so far? Uh, we started this year off with Schindler's List. Well, we started oh, off with I'm Psycho. Sorry. Other way around, yeah. bottom list. We started with Psycho, which got into Pantheon. Eight of 11. Eight out of 11 votes. Then The Apartment, a 1950s black and white yeah. uh, movie, did also, not make it. Yeah. Not even close. Three of 11, so both of those are black and white. They are both black and Won't white. Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. Nine of 11. Nine of 11. And that was our first documentary. Also had black and white footage in there. It had black and white footage in it. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Was that black and white? Hold on a second. No, there was red. Oh, yeah. There was one little red. A oh, little girl sad. with a red dress. And candles. There was in the beginning and the end. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so we've had four movies with black and white 
uh, in there. Right. Well, you know what? I think we're probably done with the black and whites. Yeah. Let's look at the movie this time, which is... Yeah. Oh, uh... No, it's black it's and white. It's playing on that screen right over it's there. It's black and white, yeah. So Schindler's List, I, I think it was 11 of 11. Brad said, by the way, he accidentally deleted the post that had the... Oh, that it made it that in. That it made it in. And so, how what the votes were. Yeah, but if you look back over it, it was a clean sweep. Mm. Even Captain No, Zach Appleseed said uh, that... Uh, what? Gave, gave, it a, gave it a yes, so... But you can't keep calling him <clears throat> Captain... You know what? If he votes yes on one more movie, well, yeah, he loses the title of Captain No. I'm sorry, Zach Appleseed. That's just a thing. All right. So, uh, as our little foreplay for today, before we talk about yes. this, yeah, that I wanted to ask you, Mister Miggity Miggity Mac, yeah. a question that some of the listeners might know that this this about you, but mm. uh, but you run a martial arts school my wife and i do your yeah. wife and i about do. 20 years now yeah and uh so i just wanted you to tell us a little bit about your history with martial arts we're looking at a samurai martial arts movie sure sure so just tell us a little bit about your history with well, it just real quick as a kid i did judo uh because the wrestling coach told us we would be better wrestlers if we learned judo so i learned judo as a young kid like sixth grade seventh grade and then uh as an adult we put our we put our children uh, 20 years ago into a Taekwondo program. Yeah. And then my wife and I both joined as well. And uh, so for for 20 years, we've been training and teaching uh, Taekwondo, which is, it's the Korean style. And yeah. it's... And judo is... Judo is uh, Japanese. And Japanese. it's like wrestling. And Taekwondo... It's like kickboxing, and it would be the Korean style. And have you, have you done karate... I, karate, not not karate, not karate, <laughs> karate. But the but the relationship but that's, and that's Chinese, between right? Japanese is that Japanese? Mm-hmm. The relationship between karate and taekwondo is actually pretty close. Okay, and then you've got the Chinese style where you've got all the you know Wing Chun and and all these styles, kung fu. Uh, kung it's fu, yeah. it's the other side of martial arts. All of these martial arts have some kind of weapon aspect to them somewhere. And sword fighting, uh, which is very highly revered in in Japan, of course, historically from all the uh, samurais and so yeah. on. Sword fighting is also a or sword training is and that's also where a part Aikido of Aikido. Comes from like that's the sword Aikido. They use those long bamboo and bamboo things. Swords. Right? That's right. And they've maintained that as a part of their training. So you've done this for many years. Yeah, years. And yeah, uh, like, how far up? in the status are you in terms of belt wise so technically you could say that i have a, a few black belts yeah a, a handful of black belts now you're at your fourth le- like soon the, yeah fourth yes yeah, you're, you're right at the yeah. near the fourth, fourth level yep in, in taekwondo and <clears throat> uh in the first in in judo okay yeah. that is, it's excellent and then have you trained with swords yes yeah, yeah actually quite a bit and I like it. We even have a, a, a sword combat style yeah. uh, that we use and train in quite a bit, too. We chatted about uh, your martial arts background when we uh, when we chatted about uh, Miami Connection we did. as well. Because they, they were taekwondo. doing Taekwondo, which is what you studied. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I just thought that would be a fun and interesting connection yeah. to the movie. And... Yeah. Uh, um, when you're watching this movie, did you have a sense of uh, the style or the the training or anything that you were looking at? Yeah. So because I don't have a trained eye yeah, at all. For me, what I see in this movie, as far as martial arts, is 
solely the sword fighting. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of martial arts hand-to-hand combat or anything like that. Most of the fighting in this movie, we're going to talk about it, most of the battle scenes were almost 100% just like you'd see the same thing in Braveheart or yeah. in A guy Gladiator. riding a horse and some people with these pikes that were trying to take them down. Yeah, or right? two groups on feet, on foot, just meeting in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, and that's not to diminish what happens in this movie in any way. But as far as like martial arts, uh, like yeah, it was like it, it was of, not a Jackie Chan, yeah, they or weren't standing Bruce around Lee or anything blocking like that. punches yeah. and kicking each other in the head or anything like that. All right, let's so let's run down some movie facts sure. for this. Uh, so this, uh, so Seven Samurai, not rated. Uh, it's a film that comes out of Japan uh, in 1954, but it's also got a wide release in '56. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then there was different releases in the U.S. over time, including a shorter version. A shorter version, And then yeah. more recently, I think in the 90s or something, that like a, the full version came out. Um, so this is of a genre where, I don't know, drama, epic, samurai film. Uh, the director, Akira Kurosawa. The screenplay by Akira Kurosawa. And then uh, uh, to Hash- uh, Hashimoto yeah. and, and Aguni. Yeah. Um, also, then this was produced by Sujiro Motoki, music by Fumio Hayasaka, and then cine- cinematography by Asakuzo, uh, As- Asakazu uh, Nakai. And then what I thought was interesting is that it was edited by, by Akira Kurosawa. We're literally looking at the director's <clears throat> cut when yeah. you watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, which you don't always see. Don't always see the director being the editor of the film, but in it's, this case, he was. One he of was, the reasons why it was three and a half hours. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it yeah. was like it, every every frame was his baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so released uh, released first in theaters April 26, nineteen fifty four. Wide November 19, 1956. This has a runtime, a beefy, beefy Ryan Smith, if you're listening to this, mm. you son of a gun, you. Mm. 207 minute runtime, three hours and 27 minutes of slogging long Seven movie. Seven hours of my life, Ryan. Thank you. you. Like, I Thank watched you. Schindler's List Thank at three you. hours and 15 minutes, and I was like, this is a long movie. A long movie. Did Schindler's List then, have an intermission? It's more modern, and more modern movies other than Titanic didn't don't no, really have intermission. No, there was a freaking intermission in this movie. It was that long, right? And by the way, the three hours twenty seven minutes did not include the five minute intermission. Yeah, and it needed to include an intermission so that you would stand up and not get a deep vein thrombosis for sitting still for four freaking hours, Ryan's. <laughs> this movie oh. is beloved by a oh, lot yeah. of people, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and 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 not to diminish that in any way, but, but it's long. <sighs> like I joke about not wanting to watch Lord of the Rings because it's got like that three-hour runtime, and this Each. is like, and there's yeah. six of them, but yeah. Oh. I thought, and this is jumping the gun on mm. this, but I really liked the description Kyle Brown had posted his uh, uh, review. Uh, his review with. Uh, he called it uh, um, a samurai per half hour. <laughs> that was the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the seven of them. All right. Uh, this was starring a bunch of people, but most notably uh, Toshiro Mifune, as well as uh, Takashira uh, was the name. I don't. I, I can't remember. That that was the the other swordsman that you had mentioned. Uh, yeah, the head swordsman <clears throat> who. 
was clearly modeled after this yeah, yeah. very very famous uh, Japanese swordsman, and, and 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 a lot of swords are named after that guy. So, uh, could you read us the synopsis there? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a samurai answers a village village's request for protection after he falls on hard times. The town needs protection from bandits, so the samurai gathers six others to help him teach the people how to defend themselves, and the villagers provide the soldiers with food in return. A giant battle occurs when 40 bandits attack the village. Yep. Just a side note, the giant battle occurs in the last 60 minutes of the movie. Yep. So you do have two hours of setup and training and character development. And and essentially waiting in line. Kind of like waiting in line. Like for a good half hour. There's some of that. Uh, as they were there's just some, kind of waiting to find the samurai where they were There's just, some crying. Yeah. Yep. There's about 20 minutes, 15 total, yeah. min, total minutes of crying in there. Yeah, But, yeah. Uh, so, as far as ratings go, uh, you had mentioned it's beloved. This is a beloved film. It's it's well often considered movies. Japan's greatest film. Universal acclaim. Uh, IMDb, 8.6 out of 10. Metacritic has 98 uh, universal acclaim. Yeah. But, I'll, note, I'll let you know, there's just six ratings that they used no. to make this. So, it's a small sample oh, size. Small sample size. Little not end, that, little yeah, end little big end, result. Yeah, not that they wouldn't have gotten a similar result with more reviews. Rotten because Tomatoes so many is 100%, and, yeah. it's, and it's just, just dozens and dozens and dozens. 97% for audience score. Google, oh. 92% like it, which is kind of in that same realm as yep. even uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. which, uh, which I think was 93 or something like that. Like, yeah. So it's a well liked movie. There's a lot of reasons why it's a well liked movie. There's a lot of reasons why Ryan would nominate it. Yep. And uh, I, I get it. I get I get why it is where it is. So uh, as we walk through a couple of the reviews that are out there, uh, we've often we've always started with Roger Ebert uh, Page. Just he's a very he's famous a critic, and he you know? Touchstone. Yes, uh, four out of four stars for him. Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, nineteen fifty four, is not only a great film in its own right, but the source of the genre that would follow through the rest of the century. The critic Michael Jack suggests that this was the first film in which a team assembled to carry out a mission and an idea, which gave birth to its direct Hollywood remake, The Magnificent Seven, as well as The Guns of Navarone. The Dirty Dozen, and countless later war heist and caper movies, which they don't mention Bug's Life, but it's totally... A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. But also in Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and, and Thirteen, yeah, and Eight. It. You yes, name they're it. they're all there. <clears throat> Kurosawa was considered the most Western of, of great Japanese directors. Two Westerns, some of his critics in Japan sniffed. Seven Samurai represents a great divide in his work. Most of his earlier films, Jack observes, subscribe to the Japanese virtues of teamwork... Fitting in, going along, conforming, because it's a collectivist culture, yeah. uh, largely considered. And all of his later films are about misfits, nonconformists, and rebels, which okay. is more of an individualist Western perspective. Yeah. And this movie was very specifically uh, a turning point in that. His yeah. all, Everything prior to this was more Japanese. But you have this both was in this movie where you have this collectivist action, again, like, but also it's driven by these individualists. And that, the misfits... Yeah. Co- the misfits convince the go along with the go with the flow villagers and farmers to change their ways. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. took a lot of convincing. So uh, let's run through some uh, Rotten Tomato reviews. The sure. first one I picked was from New Japanese because uh, from George uh, Yashinaga. I I just thought 
it, it'd be good to sure. have a perspective that's from the ground uh, uh, itself, saying the outstanding feature of the picture is the photography. At times, the camera angles are just sensational. Yeah, and you know Bob Bloom from the JNC, right this here. This is listed in Rotten in, Tomato. I yeah, found him there. Lafayette, so, yeah. Indiana. As he's, it's our guy. Uh, he, he says it's a masterpiece, a timeless classic, one of the greatest movies ever made. Time. Uh, general, they don't list who it was, but it was just Time's review. Again and again, Kurosawa sends a dark thrill through his audience with a touch of sensuous physical realty. Now, Michael Wilmington from the Chicago Trib uh, says it's fresh. He says it's the greatest movie ever made about warriors in battle. And then, Nate, yeah, uh, I picked this one just uh, because it had at least a touch of mm. not reverence to it where right. it was just kind of a more it was still fresh but it was grounded where he says the seven samurai is a brilliant film uh the only caveat in fact is that the length and the language barrier make it difficult for to a difficult movie to get through i get that one i totally do it, it I, we talk I, about that a little more later yeah. but i i struggle with that i, I don't really and, care and about I, the language barrier yeah as like, much as just for you for you you like to live into the movie yeah and it pulls you it. out for me i like to be able to Engage with the world around me uh, while around the you. movie's going on. But you're so, forced to read the but screen. But I'm forced to read the screen. So, like, it's like for you, you don't like, we both don't like it, but just for s slightly different reasons. Yeah. It's not that I can't do it. It's yeah. just kind of like, well, I'm not doing anything else, but. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For me, it, it almost feels like uh, I'm I'm being read a story. I know I'm the one reading it. Yeah, but yeah. reading the dialogue, but yeah, it does. It doesn't. It's not the same. So a couple more reviews, and I pulled these from Metacritic, uh, Tiber, Boston Globe. Uh, they label this as 100. Uh, moves like hot mercury, and it draws a viewer uh, so thoroughly into its world that real life can seem thick and dull when the lights come up. <laughs> well, Jamie Bernard from the New York Daily News also writes it at 100. It's impossible to imagine how the action genre would have developed. Without Akira Kurosawa's Watershed 1954 movie Seven Samurai. Yeah, so I've got some uh, I got some hoi polloi the the basic users uh, user reviewers mm -hmm. uh, not not paid critics but user reviewers. Uh, uh, Alaric D listed as a ten. Kurosawa's Seven Samurai is a symphony of cinematic splendor, vibrancy, and vision. A talisman of epic action, character, and storytelling perfectly harmonized. Pure genius captured and codified on celluloid. This person likes to write. They, they well, love their own. They love themselves. So. Yeah, they could be. You know, but it's just, good. It's fun. They fun can to swap read. any movie title into yeah. Seven Samurai, and it would still be a yeah. very fun to read review. Yeah, yeah, it's good words. Well, the uh, Epilady Sponge. <laughs> what was it? Epic. Wait. Epic. Epilady. Not Epilady. The Sponge. Epic. Epic Lady Sponge. Epic. Ladies. I got it. The Epic Lady Sponge. I picked that one because of the name. It's beautiful. Yeah. Gave it a nine. Said, don't think of this as just a poor 1950s film. Think of it like it was made in the modern times. That will possibly help you find Seven Samurai, a great film from the early days. I, w I almost expected them to say at the end, educate yourself. Yeah. Right there on the end, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Read a book, jerks. Read a book, man. All right. Uh -oh. Now. Bum, bum, bum. 
Now, what I didn't say about the Hoi Polloi re reviews is that it's not unanimous. It's not 100. There's 341 positive, 16 mixed, and 20 negative reviews. 20 clunkers in the bag. There are 20 clunkers in the bag, and Dish Bish gave it a zero. That's Dish Bish. Both words spelled the same, which dish is the bish. D and the B. Not a different word. Said probably the most boring movie I've ever seen. I don't know what Dish Bish sounds like, but I'm going with this I'm gonna, voice. I'm going to go with you Probably know. the most boring movie I've ever seen. It starts out pretty slow, and all the way to the ending is slow. Uh, I swear that if I had kids, they will probably switch the movie in five minutes. <laughs> Well, if you only waited five minutes to switch the movie, I wouldn't blame you. You do have to stick it out longer than that. Mr. Miggity Mac, I have a treat for you tonight. Okay, what is this? We have not seen hide nor hair Wait, of this individual. Hold on, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? I have one last review. Ooh. You know who it is? Spangle! There All we right. go. Spangle. Spangle is back. Spangle also wrote a 793-word essay that's, review. That's almost as long as the one I wrote. It is long. He said, oh, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. Go ahead and you. read this one. Thank you. Ah, Spangle. If there were a definitive shortlist of films that could be considered the best one ever made... Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai would most likely be on that list. I would like to point out, Mr. S Mr. Mrs. We Spangle? don't know. We don't know that there is such a list. It has a name. What, AFI's favorite movie or the Pantheon? AV Pantheon. Oh, yeah, AV Pantheon. I was like, sorry, poop on <laughs> the, the other list, but AV Pantheon. Here, let me pour you some more of this toky uh, okay. whiskey yeah. that right. I bought That's right here. Perfect, oh, just like that. Nice. That's there awesome. we go. All right, it All goes right. on. It goes on. An epic and greatly influential film. Seven Samurai lives up to its billing as one of the best films ever made. Even if I had some rather small complaints that hold it back in my eyes, its beauty is unmistakable. However, with its lyrical nature becoming quite intoxicating, and its human relations being raw, powerful, and a perfect encapsulation of the one thing that unites us all, death. Now, pause there for one second, yeah. and I'm going to ask you a question, because that review... Man, that touches my heart. It touches me somewhere. What? And he said, of the best films ever made. This is on that list, right? This, uh, just, so, I guess, so apparently. What does he give it? Uh, oh, he gave it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because Spangle is a complicated man, woman. Yeah. You know what? Spangle we, needs to contact us at some point. We, we'd like, to, we'd like yeah. to have them here during Pantheon yeah. Companion. That would yeah. be great. Uh, by the way, in, 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 that we are closing on July 4th here. Yes. And if perchance in the background you hear some thunder boomers of fireworks Boom. going off, like about two minutes ago there was there was one that went off. Uh, like, do not be surprised no. or scared for our health. We're just um, we're just sitting here passively not celebrating while there's are. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're good here. Um, so. There was a number of uh, there was a number of responses on the Facebook page on the AV uh, page, on the AV yeah. page with regard to the poll. Jordan Melton was <clears throat> the yep. first. Jordan Melton says Seven Samurai is one of the greatest films of all time. Now, Mr. Gary, yes. Mr. Miggity Mac, yes, being just an art an Artur 
of of uh, vocalizations yes. and accents. Uh, I know you know how to do Jordan Melton perfectly. Uh, can you tell that most of the viewers probably won't know what he sounds like, but could you do Jordan Melton's voice? Well, I mean, I, I can, actually. We've it's, never met Jordan Melton, so this is totally just way, we're guessing right now. Yeah, I, Jordan, I, I apologize in advance. I've never met you. But yeah. this is what Jordan actually sounds like, yeah. in fact. No, 100%. Seven Samurai is one of the greatest films of all time. I've probably seen it at least 20 times. And it holds up every time. I was thinking more like, Seven Samurai is one of the greatest films of all time. I've probably seen it at least 20 times, and it holds up each time. Ooh, yeah. You know what's weird is that your mouth made completely different shapes than the voice that came out. <laughs> it was the weirdest experience of our friendship. That right there? It looked like you were saying totally different words, but oh, what came out was this beautiful... Like I dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> How did you dub all yourself? Right. Joshua McLaughlin. Uh, yes. McLaughlin. Yes. You'll have to tell us if it's uh, Laughlin or Laughlin. Uh, he said, I haven't seen it. And by the way, a number of these uh, reviews are, I haven't seen I it. I haven't so, seen it. Um, I haven't seen it, but uh, but given the hundreds, maybe thousands of gotta make a fighting team out of rebellious individuals who play by their own rules and are used to be loners, movies are an almost genre that has sprung up from this film's in influence. That alone makes it worth a spot in the pantheon. So I want to make sure we round back to not necessarily what Josh Joshua, but that concept. It is. is that is that. In which case, we don't even have to talk about this or take a vote. It was the first. It established the genre. So does it just automatically go in? Yeah. Or yeah. or does it have to actually meet a level? It's like the, the, that first movie that's got like the rocket that shoots into the eye of the moon. Mm-hmm. Like, how about the first movie where the airplane goes down below the, the horizon? Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, it comes back out. You're talking about 2012, <laughs> the amazing epic, <laughs> which I just watched again disaster today. Disaster movie adventure. <laughs> now, so Joshua, not not taking away from anything nope, you're saying right here, but it is a worthy question to say: uh, Does a, a film's influence make it pantheon worthy? Mm -hmm. It's an interesting question to be right. asked because sometimes. It is. Well, you could then you you could say, and I'm not being argumentative. I'm just pointing this out that the first talky yeah. should be in Pantheon. However, what I would say in follow up to what I was saying right there is that the film has to also be good on its own. It right, has to be good on its own. Right. But X Factor, yeah. when you talk about essential viewing or X Factor, yeah. the that influence can be X Factor. Yeah, and and yeah. I I I give that X Factor a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. So 50, 50, 50, Keegan 50. Goodman. What does Keegan Goodman say? Uh, Keegan Goodman says, I have honestly never seen it, but I'm always up for a good samurai movie. All right. Zach Appleseed said, I liked Unforgiven a lot more the first time when it was called Seven Samurai. Ooh, oh, Zach, you spicy noodle, you. It even went full circle when they made Unforgiven back into a samurai movie. Need to rewatch, but this is probably a yes from Captain No. Sorry, Zach. I'm not really sure you can maintain that title if you're going to yeah. keep saying yes to movies, Mr. Sir. Your captain probably is going to say yes. Uh, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Captain, I'm not sure. <laughs> Brock Davis says, how many times has it been... Remade and re -envisioned. I think Brock Davis has a French accent. You could. Uh, How many times has it been remade and re -envisioned? Just off the top of my head, 
The Magnificent Seven? The Three Amigos? A Bug's Life Mandalorian Episode Tres. <laughs> it's hard to say Mandalorian with a project. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Mandalorian Episode Trois. <laughs> Brock, I apologize. I, I, um, I, don't... I think Brock has a Scottish accent. Yeah. The, the, uh... <clears throat> How many times has it been remade and re-envisioned? Just off the top of my head, The Magnificent Seven, Three Amigos, A Bug's Life, and Mandalorian Episode Three! Yeah, that sounds more likely, Brock. Yeah, uh, is that Brock? Although right that there? could be uh, Joshua McLaughlin. Is yeah, in fact. Oh, that would yeah. make more sense. Maybe and then so. we have Martin Mills. It's the foundation of so many modern films. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we didn't give Martin Mills like we, it was so much lead up on everyone else. Yeah. Martin Mills did not get a good get a get a nice. Martin's voice. a sweet man. Yes, <clears throat> Martin Martin is the voice of reason here. Who says? <clears throat> it's the foundation of so many modern films. Like he, he's just he's just an brief, educated, just he's straightforward. Just, like it's not glib, it's not terse, it's just. Straightforward. He's, he's had his younger years where he was verbose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. flowery. And yeah. in this case, he's just succinct. He, he speaks the Suc- truth. Synced. Succinct. <laughs> he speaks the truth. Here I was trying to be nice to Martin. You were jerk. I know. Not you, Martin. Me. I'm the jerk. Receipts. Receipts. Right. These are finagled a bit, and I had uh, yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do a little conversion. Plus, how do you convert 1950s these were yen, yen to 1950s and, dollars? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what I did was that uh, I just took the yen, converted it to dollars, yep. and then used our butts and seat index sure. feature for it. Um, and the numbers that I got for the movies, because it's hard to find budget uh, box office numbers for these. Yeah, the older ones. Yeah, for the, the older ones was a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that um, I got these from Wikipedia, so that's where the numbers came okay, from for, for those numbers, and they're estimated. All right. <clears throat> Seven Samurai, 1954, a 207-minute film, Ryan. Box office uh, estimated from Wikipedia at $2.3 million, production budget of $1.1 million, so it did make $1.2 million, uh, um, all told. Average ticket price in 1954, 54 cents. And using that as a guide, which is just completely kind of, not fully arbitrary, but it's a guesstimate here, is that if it made $2.3 million estimate at 54 cent ticket price that we would call it uh, in American domestic gross box office, butts and seat index, trademark pending, 5.1 million, which... 5.1 million people. The yeah. five five million mark, as we have come to know in our discussions here, fight is club. the Fight Club standard. That is the that is the <clears throat> Fight Club standard. Yeah, so uh, it was right around the same as Fight Club, U.S. You know uh, the thing about the Fight Club standard is that we must always make sure we mention the Fight Club standard. It's important. So uh, I compared it to a number of movies. Kojira. Uh, Godzilla came out and was coming from the same studio at the same time. Same year. Same year, and they almost, and this is a fun fact for later, almost went into bankruptcy because they were doing both of those films at the same time, mm. and they were big budget things uh, locally. Uh, domestic gross of $3.1 million, production budget of $1 million, so they made a little bit more money than mm-hmm. Seven Samurai. Average ticket price, same year, $0.54, cents, so this gave it a higher BSI of $6.8 million. Let's just point something out very quickly. A movie about people on a farm... Some in the town, but mostly on a farm, riding around with horses and mud and burning buildings, cost 
more to make than Godzilla with full-on special effects models, uh, uh, scale yeah. models, full-size special effects. But well, they built a whole town for Seven Samurai. Well, they so. did that for Godzilla too, but it was you know five inches yeah, tall. Yeah. But and they also burnt some of that town down repeatedly. Yeah. All right. So when a uh, bug's life was that Pixar or is Pixar? That, yeah. When they when they did Seven Samurai, nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. Tell us about that, Mister Miguel. The U.S. box office was one hundred and sixty two point eight million, and globally three sixty three. But we'll, we'll just go with domestic, domestic one sixty two point eight. Production budget was one hundred and twenty million. So uh, average ticket price in nineteen ninety eight was four dollars sixty nine cents. So just with our quick little math calculation, that is thirty four point seven million. So seven times more. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a factor. It's a big factor. So yeah. Magnificent Seven, the first remake of this, which by the way was pending for three years as in a release because they didn't receive the rights from uh, Kurosawa to do this film. So they remember they this is only battle. six years later. Yeah, they they did legal battles on this. Uh, so it came out in 1960. Domestic gross of nine point seven million, including mm-hmm. rentals. Production budget of two million, so it was a success at seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, average ticket price in nineteen sixty fifty one cent. BSI of nineteen point one million, so yeah, about so four, four times. times yeah, almost four. And then two thousand sixteen, there was another remake of Magnificent Seven. This one with Chris Pratt and a bunch of other yes, dudes. <clears throat> I enjoyed that. It was Dem- fun to watch. Domestic gross ninety three point four million, one hundred sixty two globally. Production budget of ninety million. So with uh, it almost didn't make money back domestically, but it did yeah, make globally. some back totally. Average ticket price in two thousand sixteen eight dollars and sixty five cents. So this had a BSI. Of about twice that of the original Seven Samurai right. at 10.8 million uh, butts in seats. Oh, I noticed we didn't do the Hateful Eight. Well, we'll have to do that one another time. Yes. All right. Before we go on to our deep dig on the movie, there is on the table a couple of things Ooh. that we should note. So first, let's just look here. There is a... And first, let me mention that uh, on the table that... Uh, I brought some sake, sake for us to drink, and uh, then just so that we could also drink some Centauri whiskey, uh, Toki style. Japanese uh, so we got some sake whiskey. and some Toki here Very on delicious. the table that we we're, we've and been we've been sampling that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also this. You'll notice this sound. Oh yeah, that is al- aluminium aluminium foil. foil, and under it is. Uncle Ben's there's some rice bowls here. We have rice bowls here. Clink, clink. Um, do we have a fork? No, but uh, I have two fingers for with which to pinch it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, brown rice. This is brown rice. Yeah, certainly. Mm. I don't know if you can hear mm. us eating this brown rice, but you know the thing about brown rice, it tastes like it sounds. It does. It, it is. It tastes. It is brown. And it's a slightly inferior to white rice. You think uh, so? But I like to take brown rice and turn it into fried rice because mm. it has more tooth to it. Mm. I Where, just did a brown rice shot. You did. <coughs> There's a you lot did. of brown There's rice. There's two sticking out of your nostril. I think oh, you shot man. that one a little fast. Yeah, I went in hard on that one. Oh, um, I'm, I'm assuming that somebody else like, cooked this. That so Ryan sent thing. It. This was a gift from yeah. Ryan to us. Oh, it's so rice. Nice. Thank you, Ryan. Well, because for the first what, like two hours of the movie, all we did was eight. 
they were hoping to get some rice. <laughs> and if they didn't have rice, they had millet. They had millet. And they complained about having to eat millet, uh, and they wanted to eat rice instead. And maybe if they got white rice, that it was like high-end stuff. Maybe. They also would do rice balls. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. We also have an envelope here. We have an envelope here. It says the Prime. Prima, Prime. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Prime. Open this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Open that up. All right. There are. And by the way, you might ask yourself, why are we talking about these things that are on the table? Well, these are... What? Uh, bribes. Bribes. Yeah, bribes. Yeah, so the nominee, nominator, in this case, uh, Brian. Uh, Ryan. Ryan, sorry. My Ryan. son is Brian. Yeah, your, name, your son's name is Brian. Uh, sent us uh, these bribes so we would talk nice about his movie. The thing is, and we are very happy to accept gifts. They're, they're we wonderful. totally are. And we they... have our own opinions. But let me tell you, you don't need a fork because in this package... Is a beautiful oh, look set at of chopsticks. Maybe I shouldn't have started eating that rice before we opened up the uh... the gift. This I, is I was, a set of Ryan, Japanese. I was, I was eating rice like a like a, like a like an animal with my fingers. Nimonto bashi. You know what? It, they are beautiful chopsticks that look like samurai swords. Oh, these are oh these are so fun. I have. A collection of different chopsticks at home. My wife and I very much enjoy eating uh, Japanese and Chinese and Korean dishes. Yeah. And uh, my chopsticks at home, uh, I have lots of different styles, but I don't have one like this. This is amazing. Yeah. No. The the uh, they are they are they the little ends are are definitely shaped like swords. Samurai so, swords. Samurai swords. That is fun. So I've got some rice, and mm, and now you've got your sticks. and I've got some to sake. Here, get some sake, and then here, would you like some sake here? Yes, here, yes. Let's, let's pour a little bit. There we go. There we go. Oh, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> I've this heard is of fun. sake bombs before. Right. So no one wants to hear us eating. However, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is a wonderful tradition of enjoying something from the movie we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is some rice. Yeah. With some wonderful samurai chopsticks. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, that's good. There's a, I don't know if you saw this. This is your stand yep. to hold your chopsticks up off the table. It's wonderful. That's nice. Very nice. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Deep dig. So let's do our deep dig. We'll start with the nomination. I, I've uh, I've grabbed a couple of thoughts from Ryan Smith's nomination mm -hmm. that uh, he does not hold pull any punches where he says and explains that Seven Samurai is my favorite film of all time. Mm -hmm. So we're we're talking about his baby here. Yep. This is a film that opened up me to foreign cinema. 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 Mm -hmm. I put that in my chili. Cinema. That helped me appreciate unique language of films and how the past has uh, a direct line to the present and how to begin recognizing great craft. That sounds hyperbolic, but it's true. If you want to info about the influence that Kurosawa and Seven Samurai had on both Japanese and international cinema, cinema. What is happening? I put that in Isn't the chili. That the <laughs> uh, there's no shortage of papers and articles. So uh, he talks about cinematography and editing. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the acting. 
He also, you know, in in, in cinematography, he talk, he says after, uh, Akira Kurosawa was known for his persistence when it came to capturing the images he wanted when filming, and it shows. The landscapes are shot beautifully, and when environmental elements come into play, morning fog, blowing dirt, pouring rain, and I would add things like flower petals, etc., creeks, even the most mundane environments are brought to life. Uh, so, how about acting? With regard to acting, he'll said I'll talk about some of the act a- aspects of acting in Seven Samurai a bit later. But the primary players in this film are superb. Also talks about overacting in some of the close-up bloodless battles. This is one of the areas where I think the both of us agree is that of all the things this movie does well when connecting with a modern audience, the acting characterizations are probably going to be the biggest hurdles. Yeah. Uh, and and, and the, the reality is there's some elements in this movie where uh, the, I think the director gave the, the cast some some free reign to improv. Yeah. I know there's at least two characters who, who are documented to have improv whole scenes. Yeah. But I think even some of the extras were allowed to improv. And then he yeah. kept all of it. For what I can tell, he kept a lot of it. So, and then uh, says uh, three and a half, this is his conclusion, three and a half watch, hours watching a movie that has it all. Drama, action, humor, heavy themes, high tension, beautiful imagery, spectacular battles, war room planning and maps. That's for us, Brad. And even a little love. It's fun, all-encompassing entertainment that doesn't make sacrifices. So go check it out. But don't be surprised if you feel like you've seen this before in the best way possible. So, that is uh, Ryan's. That is snidbits mm. from Ryan's approach. Yeah, to that's this. not his whole write-up, but that is a big chunk of it. Yes. So, uh, let me start by asking you, Mister Miggity Mac, how is this film unique as a nomination for Pantheon? Well, as a nomination for Pantheon, this film's unique in that it is, at least as far as I know, it is one of very few Pantheon movies that were. Uh, like touchstones, like the beginning of the, yeah, fill in the blank from there. Not just samurai movies. Set that aside, but the beginning of the films with this kind of of uh, the buddy uh, thing, buddy characters, right? Or putting together a team, the ragtag, the ragtag yeah. team, filming, filming of of uh, movies using uh, shooting a scene with three cameras, but not using those uh, the, what they captured. As three angles on the same scene, but as three separate scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, things like, uh, 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 well, the, the practice of how they they dealt with some of the some of the special effects that they could do, like burning down a building and rebuilding it again, or when they attempted to cover a building with cloth and just burn the cloth, thinking they could reuse the building. Yeah, um, those kind of concepts. This was the first time I believe that those things were tried. So, uh, this is a this is a first movie in a lot of ways yeah and um so it's one of so one of uh here uh akira um akira's movies are in is in pantheon already yeah yojimbo Uh, Yojimbo is in there uh another samurai film featuring uh uh, the same actor uh so uh he's in there several of the same actors um one of the farmers is in there. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's a couple of people that he worked with, like with each one of them and or both, uh, for all of his eighteen films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I would say, uh, yeah. So that makes him the first Adam <clears throat> Sandler. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, uh, as far as those are uniquenesses, but as far as challenges of this movie, and we've mentioned a couple of them, it's a 207 minute movie. It is long. Well, and, and a long movie a, can a, make it, and a, that's okay. Yeah. Titanic, Schindler's List, they could all be. Even in Saving Private Ryan is a long ass movie. They were not wrong when they sent it to American audiences and said, well, at first, they're like, nobody's going to sit for this. Yeah. Yeah, intermission uh, or not. Intermission or not, we have to take some stuff out. Which, when you think minutes. about it, is pretty funny. Have you ever been to an opera? Yeah. They could be four, four and a half hours. Oh, yeah. People yeah, will sit I, through that. Like, like I sat through Les Mis, and that was like a four-hour event. So, uh, yeah, I liked it, but it was just, it was long. Um, so, also challenges for this, that there are a couple of things in this movie that are cultural that I don't have access to because it's not my culture. Mm-hmm. Like there's, uh, and I, I was reading uh, reading a little bit about this, and I, I saw some of this and guessed it that some of the acting style that they're doing is reminiscent of acting styles that is that were accepted or expected at the time for Japanese audiences in but, theater, yeah, even live theater. That it's got more of a kabuki feel, or, a, or like it has a, a, a it has a silent movie feel to it as well. Yeah, so so some of the acting is overacting, and some like mm-hmm. so there's some people. It's not consistent all the way through because some people, uh, some people look like they would be a modern movie star, like the the, the lead samurai, yeah, the lead guy, the one that shaved his head to look like a monk, yeah, and Tashir, goes in and saves Tashir the kid. Mifune, he he could he could be dropped in a present could day be movie. dropped in a present day movie. It, like he could be in Bulletproof Monk, and you'd be like, yes, no, that makes sense. But then a couple of those villagers, you're like, oh come on. And a couple of the samurai, even you're like eh. some of those samurai. I don't know their names. No. I will never know their names, and we never knew anything about them, and they're dead already. Yeah, um, and uh, the film is sprawling, and yet at the same time, even though it takes all that long time, that there are elements of it that don't get developed. Like like you were saying, like each of these individual samurai might represent different. Aspects, aspects of human nature, of, of human nature, or parts of history, or they they're reflective of individual samurai that came before. But a lot of some of that gets lost in the telling of the yeah. story. Yeah, like sometimes the only time one of those some a couple of those samurais, the only line they have is when they and the rest of them are all talking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It could be their lines are on the cutting room floor. It could be a lot of things. But yeah, you've got be. to look at the movie as it's presented, right? So uh, the villagers, uh, they're all sitting there. They all have straight looks on their faces. It's two times I can re- recall, but I bet it happened more than that. And then all of a sudden, their moods switch. And it's like you can almost see the guy off camera saying, and start crying. And yeah. they all, you know, begin yeah. wailing or they all, you know, start yelling or cry, or whatever it is they were doing. And it, it, I, I get it. Not everybody in the movie is a trained actor. Yeah. There's just probably just a lot of actual just Japanese farmers. There's extras in extras, there for yeah. sure. Um, Wearing the clothes they wear at work. So, uh, any particular overarching meta-narrative insights that you had while watching this film that unrelated to the to the brass tacks that we'll talk about later with mm. acting and directing and screenplay and that sort of stuff, but just some meta-perspective things that, any, that happened while watching this movie. So... Uh, one is I really enjoyed if I could go back if I ever do watch this again I'll go back and watch it looking at just the samurai leader and just what's happening with him the leader of the seven 
the whole time all the way to the end and uh i'm curious now now that i rethink about it uh whether his character ever changed or whether he always just sort of looked like he was trying to figure out why everyone wasn't just being more reasonable yeah because it seemed like that was his mindset it was always he, he rubbed his head like Gosh, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Constantly. I shaved my head for this? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, what? Yeah. And uh, I think he was actually in a scene before he shaved his head, but I don't I don't recall. I could be wrong about that. At the that. very beginning, he came out looking Fine. like a samurai. Looking like a samurai. He had, a, he had the hair with and the everything with the with top the, knot or whatever. Top knot and what, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So anyway, so yeah, the next thing you know, he's, he's shaving his head so he can go in. Uh, in disguise, right? It looked like a monk. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that I would note is that just this movie is timely right now. And, and you had mentioned this in conversation as well. It's just that right now we've got this uh, this scenario where uh, uh, because of COVID-19, because uh, of the racial tensions that are happening... And the protest, police brutality, and it's an election all of year, like and all of this hanging over our heads. Yeah. So there's politics, there's uh, isolation, there is uh, class level clashes, all sorts of those things. So, so this movie, not a perfect analog, no, as no. nothing because no, nothing no. is not a perfect but, analog, but just kind of like. But there are moments. Who's gonna save us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in this movie that. You, um, and I was chatting with my son earlier today about this because he loves anime and I was watching this and he came and just kind of, mm-hmm. uh, we were chatting about stuff and, and we were, I was chatting about, uh, feudal Japan and just the fact that a, this 1800, 1860 period, what they're talking about here was this mythos of, um, just a unique period in history where you had Japanese royalty got 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 vanquished, and then there was this rise of the middle class. So that you still had wealthy people, you had people in the middle making money, which didn't exist before, and then you still you have poor people. But in the midst of it all, for a short period of time, you have highly trained guards, these swordsmen, the samurai, who had nothing, who to now do. got nothing to do. So so. This this new world is 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 kind of flush with mercenaries who are just kind of poor and hungry and wandering around. And what what do you do with that? It um, was it was very similar to the post um, yeah. the um, Crusades, where you had all these highly trained soldiers. Yep. And they were supposed to be protecting people going from Europe to the Holy Land and back, but really mostly they had nothing to do. Yeah, so I was saying, like, there's a couple periods in history that just really stand out as kind of like these unique mythos where you can develop stories because of the unique features of it. Mm-hmm. And this this kind of samurai wandering around Japan is one. The Old West, where you've got this lawless new country right. with guns. Right, right. Uh, but the 13th Warrior was a, co- a combination of post-Crusades. Uh, yeah. But they brought in people from all sides of that you war know, and all different countries. You've got Industrial Revolution time yep. Uh, yep. Like yep. coming out so that like like the, these are unique periods where they have unique features to them. Um, and, and this is one of them. Uh, you know, like that samurai mythos is cool. Sure. Because it's unique. Like yeah. it's a unique feature. So, um, and uh, 
the fact that you had these the, this these poor people have to rely on the people who they had fought with at times and hurt mm-hmm. the samurai and, mm-hmm. and stole their stuff. Right. Now they have to rely on them. And there's the two groups who have distrust of each other to right. fight off a, a third party. Um, there's another group of former samurai ronin yeah. who are just trying to survive. And so their way of surviving is raiding and pillaging. One is bandits, like one are bandits, one are heroes. But neither of them really matter because it's about the farmers, which is how the movie ends. How the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah, the winner is the farmers. The farmers. Um, all right, let's break down the movie by categories. Right. Acting and casting. Uh, I thought that I liked the acting for many of the characters and I didn't like the acting for a couple of the for a couple of uh, characters and extras just because I didn't connect with it because it was overacted. I felt like even some of the main characters, the uh, the one kind of crazy samurai question mark yeah. guy who uh, the one that went and, and uh, the comic relief yeah, the comic guy. relief one. I never bought into that character. He was a, he was too much of a jester the whole time. Yep, yep. And and even then, he just kind of followed them around for a while before they finally. And I, you know, I, I thought his character had a really unique backstory that uh, they revealed it right away. Could have had a lot more pathos to it. Yes. Um, than I got out. Of it, it was see through. It was transparent. It, to me, it was transparent. That he wasn't, he did not grow up a samurai. He was not trained a samurai. He became a samurai because we, yeah. samurai took out, took out his village. Can around. we talk about how how huge his weapon was that he was walking around he with? He loved that just, walking around with his big that weapon, giant like ten foot pole it was a 10 thing. Foot sword. Yeah. He wasn't the only one with a sword like no. that. There was one other samurai that occasionally carried his on his shoulder like that. But this guy did it all the time, disrespectfully, and didn't yeah. care. Uh, directing and editing. What, what would you say about that? I actually okay. So, in this in in this movie, there are two elements that I think they hit it exactly correct. Yeah. Even though some of the acting was not right, and I, you can blame the director for that. Even setting that aside, all the other elements, the things that he kept, uh, the things, but the choices he made. I think the directing and editing was done. The directing was done well. Yeah. I think the editing should have been by done by someone else, someone with an eye for telling a story. Somebody who was further away from the source material. Yeah. And, yeah. So the um, I I thought the direct. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on it. So the direct. He's an amazing director. He's got a great eye. He's got a good eye for framing a shot. He was just starting to show his chops in this sucker and, too, um, and he did so well after this. And for how the film is edited from frame to frame, oh, excellent, fantastic, yeah. On a meta level of editing, that. There was stuff that... He needed to tighten his story up yeah, a lot. Like, there was a whole lot of them waiting in the village that... Like, I'd love to see the short version of this and see if I feel differently. Yeah. I think I'll do that. I'll go out of my way to watch the short version. Just see if you can find that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, ju- the, just the three-hour version. I think it's two. <laughs> I believe it's two. Yeah. No, it'd be two hours and 20 minutes or something like a normal movie. Yeah. Uh, that we would come... Yeah, that we'd tradi- expect. traditional length. Screenplay and story. Um, yeah. So, I think that, that, you know, four and a half type range, good screenplay, good concept, good story. It was original for its time. As far as we know, it actually was based on a lot of um, 
uh, oral tradition storytelling that these these stories have been told before but uh, and I believe that the 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 ragtag group coming together was also not a thousand percent original even at his time oh yeah but but I think he did well I would say um, this is on that like four and a half out of five stars that's what I'm talking about four because and a half. like and then the reason I would knock it down is because there were elements that were left on that there were some things that didn't get fleshed out and some things that did let's that, pick, let's just pick a love story yeah uh, lots of build up lots of tension 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 there's a scene where the young lady basically yells at the guy calls him a coward because he wouldn't just take her right there. Yeah. Effectively saying, why to aren't sec- you raping to me? To sex her on the spot. Why aren't you raping me? Be a samurai. Yeah. And he just kind of... Okay, so it went It went from tentative, are you even a boy or a girl? Because her father had cut her hair. To that. And then they finally get together. They sneak out of the barn. The father catches them. He does nothing to the samurai. Oh, he's afraid of him. The samurai just... The father just straight up whoops her he butt. He beats her butt he in front of the village. He beats her in a way that's not appropriate. And inappropriate. Absolutely present inappropriate. Day. In present day, even for that day. And even though the samurai were telling him to cut it out. And in the end, did the lovers end up together? Nope. She shunned him and went out to the fields to be a farmer. She was like, yeah. no, I had you. I'm done. That went nowhere. What was all that buildup for? And it, now I, I would go so far as to say that that is probably reflective of these. They rec- like she recognizes that they are a different class and they will never be together because of that. One of the points of this movie, one of the sub subtext of this movie was, like we were just talking about the, yeah. the comic relief guy, that uh, much like in A Knight's Tale, you can change your stars. Yeah, and she could have changed her stars, but I think that this was kind of like in that wrestling moment for even uh, for uh, Akira himself is that could have gone either way mm. with it, but like his audiences in Japan wouldn't have bought it. They might have bought the samurai coming back out. The sa- it was a samurai. It was a young like a samurai in trainee, right? Yeah. They might have bought him coming out wearing farmer's clothes and going out to plant rice. They might have bought that. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not that I know their culture. I'm just saying that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. In the storyline. No, you know? I'm agreeing with you. I'm having other thoughts oh. that I'm just filtering for myself. Oh, that's fine. Um, cinematography and locations, I think, nailed it. Uh, yeah, oh, straight up. Like, straight up. Like, yep. this is like this is artwork on screen. Yep. Whole time, every shot. Yep. Um, the uh, I, 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 Something I said in my review, i just repeat very quickly, is that there were moments during this movie, black and white movie, where I saw and felt color. I could smell mud and flower uh, flower petals yeah. and, and, and blood but and battle and smoke. You said that about Schindler's List, but there was times where you saw blood. There, well, there were there was one point where there was red blood, but yeah, yeah, but that's not what you were talking about. No, I was you saying, were saying like you saw during the gore, I saw red. Yeah, 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 and it I was not there. Was sucked all the way into yeah. the story and believed what I saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the score, the score is a black hole to me. I actually went back and looked on YouTube and looked up the the actual soundtrack. Yeah, I guess I got the feel of that movie, but I also got the feel of a gladiator movie mm. and something else I saw in 1972. And you'd say you'd say three out of five for you for that one. Yeah, 
or and, and, less and, to Abdul and, and a half. And and I would I would give it more of a benefit of the doubt yeah. to like uh, four out of five because it wasn't memorable, but it wasn't distracting. Okay. And for me, like, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was kind of like Mister Rogers, it suited uh, the, like the it the Mister Rogers movie. movie that uh, yeah. you know, won't you be my neighbor? Like we had to kind of say, okay, what was it? What was the score that? Right. Like, um, right. Yeah. Special effects? Any notables? Wait, it's nineteen fifties. They don't have. I mean, you know, I was talking about the Godzilla special effects, but those are all in miniatures and stuff. They don't have special effects as we do now. But the work they did with the burning, the rebuilding, the reburning of the buildings, the the burning down the uh, the raiders uh, yeah. uh, lair den, uh, um, the battle scenes, although. Actually, the the battle scenes I loved watching them. It distracted me that they didn't even bother to try to make it look realistic in any way. And I'm not saying in the '50s they should have had heads rolling off and blood squirting all over the place. It would never have been shown um, in the theaters. They wouldn't have. I shown was it, watching but... Yojimbo earlier today, and there was a time where a dog came in with a hand in his mouth, and I was like, "Did they get that from the morgue?" <laughs> I think it was a model. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at it. I was like, that's a pretty good looking hand. Pretty good look. they, that would be good special effects. They could have right? got that from the from the morgue. But there wasn't even... But they, they had lost limbs and that special sort of stuff effects. in Yojimbo. And that's the other thing is that, you know, guys are swinging like that nine sword. foot sword yeah. at somebody running at them on a horse. So what should have happened is limbs yeah. would have been flinging. So instead what would happen is the sword would swing would miss by four to five feet, and the guy would, ah, and fall off the horse, and then three villagers would come up and pile on top of it, and it would look like they were stabbing it with their bamboo spears. Yeah. It was minimal. Minimalistic. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the things they had to do, they were supposed to be filming the main battle scenes in the summer. They didn't get filmed until February, yeah. and it snowed. Yeah. So they had to hose down the whole yeah. real live set to melt the snow um these these weren't not like we'd consider special effects today but the same kind of people were out there trying to make it look as real as possible did you notice the scenes that were supposed to be in the in the harvest right or no before the harvest where the guys had their breath visible yeah yeah that was supposed to be like september in japan so the uh like i was reading about that like People complained up and down about how cold and miserable it was, and they were in mud, and people lost toenails. The director lost his toenails. (laughs) So, so for me, uh, like going down that list, um, we're pretty close on it. That there's some that I give Mm -hmm. a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt than you. Uh, Was there any X factor that you would consider into this film? Yeah. So. For me, the X Factor in this or film... Or weight any of these differently Mm-mm. of the list. No. So, here's what I do. I look at these six. And then, equal to the six, I would put an X Factor. That's yep. me. Yep. So, for me, the X Factor is the fact that this is a foundational, uh, a touchstone, a, a, a beginning The same moment. thing Joshua was talking about a while back. Yeah. Several of them talked about. Because of that... I, I would rate this thing at, at like a five on that X factor. But I would then balance that against the weighting I had from the other categories. So the two of those things together 
for me would yeah. put this, you know, at a specific, you know, sort of rating number. So, and, and um, I didn't say this before at the mm. beginning of this, but it is worth noting that neither of us are experts about oh, Kurosawa gosh, no. or movies or, or, or anything that we are just two guys watching this stuff. This is our, our, our take opinions. on it. Our opinions, like we're not yep. experts on on any of this, uh, and specifically, I, I I've watched a couple of uh, of Kurosawa's movies, but that's it. But he's got a whole canon. Yes. Um, and they've done marathons here. There's people in AV that are much bigger. Uh, and the things know, that we're experts. talking about that are like, oh, did you know this happened? He lost. Yeah, the, they know, knew all. They're, of they're like, yeah, no, no, no. We, yeah, I knew that when yeah. I was 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's just our perspective on it. Um, yeah. It, it, like kind of a, a fresh eyes of, of muggles watching yeah, this thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in terms of awards, and we'll kind of circle back to our own votes on this. Awards, uh, the Japanese Film Award, the, the Mayanichi Film Award, it won Best Supporting Actor mm-hmm. uh, for Mayaguchi. Venice Film Festival, uh, it got a second, a silver line, kind of a second level prize for Akira Kurosawa. The Academy Awards in 1957, it didn't win anything, but it got two nominations, and the best mm-hmm. film of that year, just for context, was Around the World in 80 Days. Okay. Uh, Jesse Awards, this is a Finnish award in 1959, mm-hmm. that it won both foreign director and foreign actor, so Akira Kurosawa and Takashi Shimura. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Mifune, the, the main guy, nope. but I think it's the, the sword- best swordsman. Yeah, the one yeah. who actually... Is uh, is a uh, uh, be is characterizing uh, 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 Mitsugashi? No, uh, I'll find it. Yeah, in any case, he's based on a famous sword. Yeah, name. but he definitely had like one of the more like wrestling with who he was in this whole moment. This is the one who thing. said, "No, nah, you guys are messing around. I'll get the gun," and disappears in the middle of the night to go get the gun. Yeah, and then just shows up the next day. He says, "Oh, by the way, there's marked two more of them off. I took them out. Here's the gun." Yeah, he just did it on his own, right? All right, so I've got some fun facts while we're here uh, that I pulled off of IMDb's tri- uh, trivia page. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, and you had mentioned is the first film that Akira Kurosawa used multiple cameras. Yes. Uh, and he would use it on subsequent films. Uh, fun fact, production was so stressful that uh, Toshiro Mifune threatened Akira Kurosawa with a gun. With a gun. With a gun. Simultaneous production of this film in Godzilla, uh, I, I mentioned before, nearly forced uh, Toho studio into bankruptcy uh and when it opened in japan it was the most Jap- expensive japanese film ever made however by hollywood standards not so much nominal yeah. also to mention that 1950s 60s japanese the uh cinema this was like the golden age of japanese cinema much like we would consider the 1930s moving into talkies mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff in hollywood to be the golden age mm-hmm. of hollywood uh, uh, films um, when you when we ended up with like big musical number type Wizard right. of Oz right. epic tales uh, right. and that sort of stuff uh, did you find his name? I did uh, he is inspired by the legendary swordsman and ronin Miyamoto Musashi there you go um, so as the production grew longer and longer uh, producers worried that uh, Kurosawa was spending too much on the film, so they closed the film down twice. Uh-huh. And he's 
he, he Kurosawa th- thought to to himself, "You guys have spent so much money on this already. There's no way you're not gonna finish it." I'd like to point out he only spent a hundred thousand more than yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that the first draft of, of this uh, was five hundred pages long, and it it shows. Yeah. <laughs> the first draft of this version, yeah, not the first draft of the first movie they were gonna make, yeah, which was about a single samurai, a day in his life. He goes to work. And I'll he, some. I'll sub. I'll shorten it up. He goes to work. Work goes badly. He gets fired. He goes home. He kills himself. Yeah, that was the whole movie he was gonna make. That's Such what he started with. A heartwarming tale. A day in the life of. It's kind of like American Beauty. Yeah, except yeah. the neighbor kills him instead. Um, so, and you were mentioning about the snowfall right. in there. Um, so, uh, I like this, that for the love scenes between Shino and uh, Kat- Katsushiro, that Kurosawa wanted to achieve a glittering effect in Shino's eyes, and to do this, he angled mirrors on the ground to reflect light up on her face. Because of the constant retakes, Kaiko uh, Tushu- uh, uh, Tsushima's eyes were ultimately injured by overexposure <laughs> to nuts. glaring light. Um, yeah, so the, the final final script was written in 45 days, and they they worked so hard on it that many of them got roundworm. Mm. I don't know if that's a thing. I've never worked so hard that I got roundworm. Uh, I guess they didn't change your clothes for a month. I've worked, I, like, I've sat so long that I got, like, my legs went asleep, and maybe I got I've, chafing. I've sat long enough on the couch to get swass. Yeah, well, that doesn't you know take that long. Is? I got it right now. You know what that is? Yeah, that, you know, I do. Where you have the I sweats. I do, sweat yeah, the butt sweats. The, the, the meat sweats. Meat butt sweats. Sweat, uh, sweaty butts. All right. Uh, so, and then um, also uh, number 12 here on the list that I put. Here's a fun fact for you. This is the movie that Frank Farmer, Kevin Costner, takes Rachel Marin, Whitney Houston to see in The Bodyguard. Is that right before she took her bath? And I All right. Will always love you. Voting time. Let's, let's talk about the council. So several, by the, at the time that we're recording this, several council members have already cast yep. votes. Yeah, because tomorrow is when the final... Yeah, Father's Day, in. Sunday the 21st. Yep. Uh, so we got a couple of them. We, we know Ryan's a yes because he nominated it. And then uh, also um, we have reviews from Matthew, Jeremy, and I didn't see Brad's, but Brad loves this film. And I he saw Brad's. let me borrow his thing, so I'm guessing I he's see, a yes. He let you borrow his what? Uh, his his DVDs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, his box set. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle Brown was the lone no. So Kyle Brown and I have some things that we see a thousand percent eye to eye, and some I'm looking at you, <laughs> you that we do not. Kyle Brown and I don't. He hates me to his core oh, he doesn't hate you sweetie he, he really he says it out loud no when we're in public he says he stops strangers he and he says excuse me Hold sir on. let me introduce you to this, this guy is, doug prime i, I hate, hate him. him that's what he says you know he, it hurts my feelings he sends me love letters he does. He does. I believe it. I love him. I believe it. I love him. He says no. He said no. No. And in fact, he said this is a big no. 
Yeah, yeah, it was like a, maybe a three or less out of five for him. So then uh, all that we have less left uh, are Cousin Wayne, Marshall Wade, and Rachel and Nathan Planiga, and then you, the guest voter. You, I have submitted mine. You have submitted yours. For the sake of discussion, you want to hold that off for just a second. Just for here. a second. We can go ahead and talk about that here tonight. How many yeses do they need to get into Pantheon? We need seven. It's a two-thirds and majority because there there's four. 11. There are 11 votes mm-hmm. on uh, on the... There's 11 votes in Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Nine council members, each with one vote. A guest voter mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. a vote. And then the Facebook poll gets is counted right. collectively as one vote. Well, right now there's five, including the Facebook poll, of 40 yeses, one no, and 33... Ah. So we've got five yeses. They need, we need two more. Two more of the five. That means of Cousin Wayne, Marshall Wade, Rachel, or Nathan uh, uh, Planiga, that they they would need to say yes. The likelihood of everyone else saying no is unlikely. Is unlikely. However, there's a chance. Yeah, it's a it's an outside chance, but also this movie is so freaking beloved that. Uh, and, and I don't think Ryan was taking any chances in nominating this. No, movie. no, no. Then yeah. again, I thought you and I were taking no chances <laughs> whatsoever in our nomination about this time last year. With Goodwill Hunting. At Goodwill Hunting, and it was roundly castized. I did think we Castigate. were taking chances when chastised we chastised and cast because we were trying to get Robin Williams in. He's getting in with what? Aladdin. His net. Oh. His next film that's a You mean you're, you, you said it. my feelings. You said it. So uh I'm guessing the council ultimately leans leans yes. Leans yes. Yeah, I would say leans yes. Um I uh mine is posted on Facebook. Uh apparently, according to uh according to uh uh Kyle, it's a little long. Yeah. Uh, long in the tooth. But I, I was said, thorough. I said more compelling than Life Aquatic, though. Yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's your where review was. that. By the way, is where Kyle and I do separate, uh, split directions. But uh, but I actually uh, said uh, that even though the X Factor is a five out of five, the other ones averaged about three seven, and when you do all the maths, you get about a four three three. And if it's not a four five, it's not in Pantheon. So just from an analytical point of view, my vote is no. And uh, but I understand why people say yes. Yeah, we are nearly identical in our because I read through your review. We're nearly identical in our approach to the votes, but I do rate a couple of things a little, a little higher. higher. Uh, like the soundtrack, I have less problem with. Uh, I think acting, I had less of a issue with than, mm-hmm. than you did. But I'm not a perfect five on this film, but I am in the, like, I, w- I was kind of between 4.25 and 4.5, mm-hmm. but I don't do mine in the same objective math way that you right. do. Mine is a little more feeling, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm closer to a 4.5, but I'm right on the edge, so to be honest. Say? If someone says your vote counts vote now, what are you going to say? Yes. Yeah. So and it's not unusual that you and I will be close, yeah. but not the same. And it's it's not a f- it it. But I could totally understand why somebody would be like, 
yeah, it just doesn't make it. Like, there's other films. Like, if you said that about Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan or those where you'd be like, what are you even looking at well, that's here? the point. Why, why would I knock the acting or, or the soundtrack on some of those movies, those two movies yeah. specifically, when those elements of those movies are actually very good? Yeah, and, uh, and I have to say, even though it was... Uh, what was it? Five five hours and how long was it again? Sixteen hours. Seven, Seventeen. Sixteen hours, hours and three days. days. <laughs> uh, uh, Listen, it's three and a half hours. But the reality of three and a half hours, and I watched it twice, is uh, that once the battle scenes begin, the rest of the movie goes very quickly. Yep, and I was engaged almost the whole time, except for the village, the farmers waiting in the village for the samurai, like. And the samurai waiting in the town for the other samurai. And there was a couple of times where the sam like like as the prepping and planning and yeah. waiting, yeah. that there was just these moments that they were just a little too expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, it's such a unique story, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been so influential. Yeah, um, that's where so, your X factor yeah, bumps it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but just not enough for me. Just oh, not enough, but I totally get it. Yeah. And uh, if I was in a really bad mood and I was hangry, I would say no on this film, just because it pissed me off. But Ryan fed you. And yeah, you have he had, gave me rice balls. And you have had sake, sake, sake. Sake! All right. Final thoughts. Anything, any final thoughts that you have uh, before we close that you'd like the audience to know? I don't. I, other than, uh, like you, I totally get why someone would bank this pantheon. Yeah. I get it. I can't even argue with them. For me, I did it from an analytical point of view, and it came out of no. Oh, uh, how about this? While we're chatting, you found it on HBO Max. Yes. Yeah. Uh, previous to that, it was like hard to find anywhere. Two bucks. Uh, there's no reason to rent it. If you do rent it... There's no reason to knee-jerk rent it in HD. Yeah. Because it's from 1950s. Yeah. Rent it in standard definition, it's $2. Yeah. And that's for a 30-day rental like on Vudu or Amazon or something. Yeah. Just, you can rent it for 2 bucks. Yeah, and uh, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with any of the, with, with the, with this director, check out his other work. Oh, so There's some stuff. neat stuff in there, and it's connection to other films, like Yo- Yojimbo became a fistful of dollars. Um, that there's like he doesn't just do samurai films that he's got high low I think is the name mm-hmm, of the other mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. Um, yeah that there's like film noir type uh, things that he does that are cool yeah um, so check those things out if you haven't seen it otherwise um, also I would just note it's great to be back in the studio it with is. you Mr. Miggity Man I so appreciate being back we've been out Triple since D. March 11 we it, we did a recording. Was it the eleventh? Yep, March eleventh. Yeah, was we the did last recording one. on the eleventh, and then uh, yeah, this is our next. And we've talked about doing uh, a remote recording. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not. It's not the same. So uh, in a pinch, we could have, we could, but uh, this it's very good to be back here with you. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're at just shy of an hour and twenty right Woo. now. So we still have two more hours of podcast to right. go because so, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a full two hundred and seven minutes for this one. So in the second scene <laughs> of the movie, <laughs> all right. Uh, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation, uh, Mister Miggity Mac. Where can Video Land find you on Facebook? I am there. All right. Anywhere else? Uh, on campus on Purdue's campus. Oh, nah. 
No, yeah. not right now. We're not coming back. In January on Purdue's campus. Yeah. Possibly with one size fits all. You know, there's an improv performing. We find group. you on next door. We might find me. You might find me on DoorDash. Or Uber Eats. <laughs> Uh, you also find me on Facebook as well, Gary McFall and Doug Prime, if you want to chat with us. Um, and uh, you can find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram as well as well as the uh, Adventures in Videoland.com. But the con- conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you have been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, video landers. Dare Moga Anata Ashitemasu. Which is supposed to mean. Yeah, no, I, I looked that up. as like I was trying to translate we love you, but like we love you doesn't translate well because we the and is, also love. Oh, yeah, but it, so it, it sort it of means like the vowel opposite. It, it, it sort of means like everybody's fond of you. Deeply s- fond of you. Sometimes, I, I guess. Everyone occasionally <clears throat> is deeply fond of you. In any case, I know I said it wrong and it's probably also pandering to our limited but very influential Japanese f- fan base. Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, we, you know, we've got our anime club. That what don't, what don't like. we do like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, that's not that doesn't yeah. work. We can or, do or the the who won the the uh, farmers did the farmers did. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about this? Okay. We, we love, love you. you.